3 a.m. Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. This is Joe, Laura, Christian, and we're at the Expo for Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend, and welcome to Rise and Run Podcast. Joe, Laura, and Christian live from the, well, not live anymore. They was recorded live at the Walt Disney World Marathon Expo. Thank you for the intro. We've still got a bunch of those that we're working our way through. Thank you all for helping us with those. And welcome to episode 69 of the Rise and Run podcast. I'm Bob. I am here with Alicia. Hello. With Greg. Hey, hey, hey. With Jack. Hi. With Allie. Hi, friends. And with John. Hey, how you doing? John, I'm doing good. I appreciate you asking. I appreciate your concern. I'm very concerned, Bob. That you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are a lot of people are concerned about me, John. I don't know what to do about it. I I do the best I can. Uh thanks guys. Glad to see you all. Happy that you are out here with us listening. Maybe you're out training. We got some runs that are getting close. Kids, Princess now just four weeks away. Princess gets hidden a little bit, you know? It's kind of like it's kind of like those folks who have a birthday on December 28th or something like that, you know? Christmas is over and oh, that's too bad. I, that's and you kind of get forgotten, don't you? Like I sympathize, but anyway, Princess gets hidden behind all the circumstance and the pomp of Marathon Weekend, but it's a big one. It's a big one, and if you're doing it, maybe it's your first run Disney event, or maybe you're doing a first distant, why, we're proud of you, and we think it's a big deal, and we're excited for you. Looking at the training schedule... If you're running the Princess Half, you got 13 miles on the training schedule this week. Woo! Yeah. The big one. Yeah. We'll talk about it in about two weeks because that training schedule actually goes to 14. If you're doing the uh, challenge, you've got a double up, a four, and a 12 and a half. Springtime surprise, not that far away, 11 weeks out. Springtime surprise, this one is another timed event for your long race, either 45 or 30 minutes. Hope the weather isn't too bad in your part of the country and you're able to get out and do those training runs. They will lead to, just as we said for marathon weekend, we say the same thing for all weekends. Follow the training plan and you're going to really enjoy the weekend at Disney World. Hey, let me remind you, we're getting close enough. You're about three weeks away from our Princess Roll Call. So if your name is not yet on our race report, please go to the Facebook group page, Rise and Run Podcast. Look for the race report. It's pinned to the featured section up there. And you can either enter your name yourself on that Google Doc or just leave me a note in the comments and I'll enter it for you. We get a big kick out of reading off everybody's names. 
when they're on our roll call prior to the event. A princess meetup, a lot of folks, well, some folks on Facebook have been asking, will there, will there be a princess meetup? There will. We're going to try something different this time. We scouted an area. I'm stealing this one from our friends at Will Run For. I want the record to be shown. Bob is stealing this idea, not me. So we'll run for <laughs> folks. Back off. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's me. I'm stealing it. Uh, because the Will Run For folks had their meetup at the food truck area, which is kind of like across from Splitsville in the M&M store at Disney Springs. Uh, my wife Becky and I decided to scout it out during marathon weekend. There's a lot of space there, kids. I didn't realize it. I thought it was just that area that was kind of bounded by three or four food trucks. No, if you keep on going back towards the water there, there's all sorts of room. I think it's just a bigger area. I think it will suit us better. I have not scheduled it on Facebook yet. I will try and do it later this evening if I remember. But Saturday, 3 p.m. in the food truck area. I think that'll be a great place for our princess meetup. And as always, we will remind you of this again. We'll be by the bleachers on the left side as you're facing the stage prior to the run. We won't all be there for Princess Weekend. I will, along with Jack and Allie, and I think Allie's the only person running all three races this weekend. Jack, are you running all three, or are you, you're skipping the 10K, I think, aren't you? Yeah, so, I mean, as much as it would be so amazing to do the challenge, because I love me a good challenge, um, <laughs> I am... Also, this I'll be running the half marathon exactly one week after yeah. running 62.2 miles. Yeah, right, right. I'm currently, uh, and I know we'll get to this in a little bit because it continues on another topic we're about to talk about, but um, training right now for the ultra, and then I just had the mindset, I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing a half marathon a week after, is um, quite daunting and and I realized yeah. I would have done a long run anyways after, well, uh, uh, and I hate saying the semi long run, but when you compare it, when you make oh, it yeah, into comparison, yeah. I would have to have had some kind of, um, oh, what's it called when you just have a, a shakeout run? Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like a taper for you coming off of uh what is it? A hundred K or. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a hundred k, but I think the thing is, is like, how am I going to take this? Because I don't know how my body's going to. Sure. Be. I know. Sure. I know after my fifty miler in April, I mean, I was limping for a few days, but after that, I was like, all right, let's go. But this is totally <laughs> different. This is yeah. like an extra twelve miles, so yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you've got a good excuse for not doing the ten k. Me, after fifty some odd Disney runs, I just didn't know how to register. I did. I meant to register for the challenge. Then I got my confirmation email and realized I'd only res registered for the half marathon and the 5K. Becky and I will be at the 5K. So 5K and half for me, uh, all three runs for Allie, half marathon for Jack. We'll see you there. A topic I am noticing with some frequency and one that Jack kind of just alluded to is this period right after a big accomplishment and whatever your major accomplishment was over the January weekend. 
leave some folks feeling a little bit down or having a tough time getting back into training. It's something that our friend Brittany referred to as the dopey downers. What do I do now? I put all my effort and a good six months of training into this major objective. I'm done. Now what do I do? Gang, how do you approach it? I don't know if you want to call it a dopey downer, but uh, I decided after marathon weekend, I am taking a break. Uh, I am kind of getting the urge to run, but I told myself I need to take a break, give myself some time to heal, and hopefully in three to six months, I'll be back out on the road again uh, going. But, you know, I'm seeing people out there running every day. I'm like, maybe I should do this. But I decided let's get on the bike, do the bike, less impact on my body, and just to keep myself in some kind of shape. Yeah. Now, John, you've got a little rehab going on too. Yes. In addition to just, okay, I'm tired uh, from all the training. So yeah, that's just a little bit different. So I have a little bit of a downer, but it's actually in a different perspective. And I don't want this to come off the wrong way as a, a negative impact towards my friends here on the podcast or anybody that we met over the weekend, uh, because I had an absolute blast during all aspects of Marathon Weekend, from the expo all the way through, um, you know, the family reunion area on Sunday afternoon. But and and this is actually something that I haven't told you, Jack. And unfortunately, Lexi's not here to hear this for the first time either. But um, I got a bit of a downer, Jack, watching your half marathon Aww. and marathon videos because watching those, the sheer joy on your face <laughs> was just awesome to see. And I know that I had a lot, a lot of fun during all four of my races, especially because, and what made them special is because I got to do not all 48.6 miles with you fine folks, but you know, I got to do little chunks here or there. Yeah. And I was reminded of something that Brittany said, you know, in her interview that we have with her a couple of weeks before marathon weekend about you should PR in fun. Mm -hmm. And even though I had fun and I had a blast, I realized that I didn't PR in fun. <laughs> and I wish oh. that I could have gone back, you know, if, if I could go back in my Mandalorian and... <laughs> You know, and, and, and do it all over again. You know, it was one of those things where, like, I said to myself, okay, you know, like, during the marathon, Greg, you're going to take some, you know, some character photos. I didn't take character photos because for some reason, even though I was in a decent, you know, corral placement and my times were good yeah, and, you, you and everything like that, I, I didn't do it for some reason. And, and I don't know why. And, you know, and I know I talked about in the recap show about how... I'm very proud of what I did during Dopey, but I felt more proud during Goofy and everything mm. like that. So I, I wish that, you know, I just have that little bit of downer that like I felt like I should have upped my fun level a little bit more. And I know that moving forward, I, I am going to make that commitment to myself and, and I'm going to use you all as my accountability partners to make sure that I'm really upping my fun level an extra notch each time I see all of my wonderful friends and, and running these races. 
It's interesting you say that because that happened after my second marathon too. I was a little nervous about time and I didn't do any of those fun things. And that's why this year I was like, I am going to ride Everest. I was kicking myself for not doing it after my second marathon. And and so, yeah, you can do that. You have to um, prioritize it almost as like (laughs) part of the race. You have to build build in the time. There's something there. I agree with you. you. You're reluctant. It's a little bit different than uh, the the feeling after the event of not wanting to train or not knowing what to do. But I get exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, I haven't ridden a ride on a marathon yet, and I've done four. So one of these one of these days, by God, so <laughs> I, think, I think I think that would be perfect. What a great goal! That's a great goal for the next one. I feel like my my downers kind of happen um, right afterwards with, I just don't want to run. I don't want to get mm-hmm. up and do those runs the next day yeah, or the next week. Um, and so I really haven't been. I haven't been running yet, but I decided I wanted to start looking at my goals for the next year. And what I wanted to do is I want to get strong and I want to start um, weightlifting again. So I started a new weightlifting program. And I really put all my effort into it. And I've been doing that for the last couple of weeks and I'm seeing progress already, which is awesome. And then I woke up on, what was it, Saturday? And I was like, I kind of feel like running today. It just happened. Okay, there you go. You know, it, it, it just turns happen. around. Yeah. 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 So I think placing that focus on something else sometimes makes it not an obligation anymore. And you're still getting great cross training. Um, so you're not going to lose all your fitness. Um, mm-hmm, and yeah, mm-hmm. you can kind of start to do it when you, when you get the mojo back. Ali, I think that's a good point. I think that's one of the ways to overcome that. Now, I don't want to call it a depression. That's a, that's a little bit of an overstatement, but one of the ways to get out of that little bit of a funk here is to take a look forward. You know, let's plan what do I want to do next and, and take a little time. It's okay. You kind of owe it to yourself. Take a little time and look forward. What do I want to do and how can I plan for that? And what kind of training do I need to do and when do I need to start it? Yeah. And sometimes just being away from it for a while, when you get back to it, you realize, well, this is really fun. So some of us like are, you know, we've trained for God knows how long, Yeah, you know, <laughs> and it's like 12 months out of the year and you're like, okay, I get a little break out of it. Like was that? apps that make the heart grow fonder type thing. You know, when you get back into it, it's like, wow, this is fun again. Sometimes it just became a chore. Mm -hmm. I think going into Dopey, I've been wanting to do it for so long. I think PRing and fun at Disney races is greatly important because it is a celebration and in celebrations you have fun. Um, I, and I also knew with the Dopey races, I had to look at it a lot different than I feel like maybe most people, because I went into it with the mindset that this was a training run. And um, it changed the way I viewed the races. And because I viewed it as a training run, I took away the stress factor of trying to get any kind of times. And it ended up, like surprisingly, ended up happening regardless. I think I was just having too much fun. I was like, ah, I gotta go. (laughs) Um, But... I do want to remember that for other races too, because you do the races to have, you, you do the races to have fun. And I want to make sure anything that I sign up for is like that, but 
now going into the dopey downer is to be honest, um, because dopey was my second to last big training simulation for my 100 K. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with dopey downers. I think you should embrace that it's there and relax into it because sooner or later, you're going to find that knee. Like Ali said, I just want to go out for a run. And I really wish that I could have had that. And I think it was the timing of which that I had dopey into the timing of my race in a few weeks that I didn't let my body have the opportunity to do that. Now, again, it was a training run. I would have had to run it regardless. And I feel like this week um, is my last simulation. I ran 20 miles, which is today is Tuesday. So by the time this comes out, I would have ran my <laughs> back to back to back 20 milers. So I'd be doing 60 miles in three days. And um, today was rough. I'm not mm -hmm. going to lie. Sure. <laughs> I'm not even going to sugarcoat that. that. It was fine at first. And then I just got to the point, I'm like, I'm not having fun running in circles. I The way that I trained for this race is not how I would have liked to have trained for it um, in terms of the locations of which I used to train for it. Um, and it's fine. It is what it is. Florida's flat and, and to get on trails is like an hour away. And I just unfortunately just didn't have time to drive out that way, come back and still be able to get all of my class work done and um, get everything else done as well. So I've... I feel like Dopey gave me the chance to have that excitement. And I knew going out of it, I was about to get into the serious mode. And because um, it is that mode where I feel like I can have fun. But also, if you don't do your miles, you don't know how your race is going to be. And I want to make sure that I finish this race in the utmost capacity that I can. Um so yeah, like I, I feel like I might have dopey downers after Princess. <laughs> I'm actually really look forward to it. But um I feel like with and going back to it just in general to kind of tie it all up, I really don't think there's anything wrong with it. I feel it it lets you find this pure joy of it again. And reliving it through videos, I mean, I've watched my videos. Um if you haven't checked it out on Passport Toronto, if you wanna relive any of any of that I, I watch res runs and run our run videos all the time to to get myself hyped up for races again um but it's cool to see other people's experiences and see their joys and hearing people's stories of how it all occurred and how their races went so just remember run disney is gonna always gonna be there for you if you need to take a break take a break it will it, be there when you come back so another thing that helped me with my dopey downers um i felt like I don't know. Sometimes when you have such a big accomplishment and you're working on it for months and in your head you have this idea that it's just going to be this um, crazy emotional thing and it doesn't live up to that hype for you, I find that afterwards uh, it can kind of feel a little bit like, huh, that just happened. And now what do I, you know, now what am I doing? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I did was I, I took out my medals and I put them on display and I made a whole big deal about like getting everything all set up so that it was, that was my ceremonious part, no, that's good. putting it up on the wall and, and making it look beautiful so that when I can look at it and reflect on all of the hard work I put into it. And so that helped me kind of get out of that mental funk a little bit. But like literally what Ali said, revel in your accomplishments. 
I think I, I'd even like that. That is so true that even if you're in the dopey downers, like I, I'm looking at my medals right now, like right across from my computer. I'm like, oh, yeah, I did all those races. Those yeah. are so many cool memories. Yeah. But it brings that excitement back and be like, OK, so Disneyland races. Yes. OK, we're good now. <laughs> I, I don't you goldfish. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say it's a life changing event a life affecting event anyway, to set out on a major goal, whatever your major goal was for this race, might've been a marathon, might've been dopey, goofy, might've been the 5k, whatever it was to set out on it and to accomplishment. Don't forget that. I mean, I've seen it said many times and I agree. It's just more proof that you can do hard things if you put your mind to it. And I think the discussion that we've had here today is is really healthy that you know even if you are having these quasi negative feelings that's okay and 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 to a point it, it's healthy and, and that's fine um but i think there are some ways to you know help combat that and turn that around i'm on a very similar journey to what ali is doing right now um you know i said during our our uh, 2023 goals show that you know I also want to get stronger. You know, so I've been working with our friend Kristen over at Run Fit Mama, and you know, she's developed a, a weightlifting plan for my wife and I. But I still get to incorporate my running into that, so I I, I really enjoy that, and it's allowing me to spark joy in more than one fitness arena. That's not just you know running and you know and putting in all those miles on the pavement and everything like that. But as it relates to running. You know, if once you are ready to get back into the groove, I think there are two ways that you can go about re-engaging your motivation. I think the first one is start planning your race calendar. I know I'm in the position right now where all the races that I want to do, I have a, a wish list of of things that I want to do in the next three months. But whether it's waiting on work commitments or family commitments or I know the one race I want to uh, do is a lottery and the lottery doesn't open yet. And I won't know if I'll get in with the lottery and all that jazz, but at least coming up with some goal races, you know, for the late winter, early spring, you know, so that way you start training for those. I think those can be really helpful. That's a great idea. And then another thing to do, and this is actually something that I just discovered um, as we were recording tonight, is um, there are a lot of organizations that do mile challenges. And I think it's a really popular thing to do right now. And I just signed up for one um, with the Michael J. Fox Foundation of running 75 miles in the month of February. And to me, that holds a special place because about a year and a half ago, my mother-in-law was uh, diagnosed with Parkinson's. And so the fact that I can now find a cause to relate to a fitness challenge I, is going to get me motivated for, through the end of this month and all of next month too. But then as I was scrolling Facebook, I saw that, you know, the American Heart Association also has a 60 mile challenge and stuff like that. So, you know, look into different causes that mean something to you and they might have these different mileage challenges and you can also raise money. So that will help, um, you know, help bolster your uh, motivation during these uh, cold winter months. So, yeah, Greg, I that's terrific. Look, here's the deal, friends. It's not if you're feeling a little bit 
I don't want to say depressed, but it's get this attitude of uh, what do I do now? Just recognize number one, it's normal. Number two, you're going to get past it because you're a runner. You've proven that you are a runner. So you'll get by it. Don't give up on all the hard work, stick with it, find something, find a goal, and you'll get past this. And one of those goals might be, at least for a few of you, to get involved in a Peloton challenge. Greg, how's that going? To say that enthusiasm is at an all-time high would be an understatement. I remember last week when we threw this out there, it was, okay, it's going to be two teams of five, and we're going to call it that, and we're going to get going. The response to this has just been so awesome, not just on the rise and run side of things, but also on the will run for side. You know, Initially, we said, okay, yeah. it was just going to be teams of five, and then we had all these people reach out to both Tom and I, and then we messaged each other and was like, hey, do you think we should up this to 10? And we mutually agreed, so then we did that. And then literally as I told our 10th person, okay, you're in, things are closed, people can be alternates, I got a Instagram message then, you know, because I didn't see my phone as I was making the post update on Facebook. Tom's like, you know, we have a lot more can we do 15? And I'm like, absolutely. So the three people who I just told were alternates, you're now in and everything like that. It's been awesome. Uh, so I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I did say to all of our folks on Team Rise and Run that I will be reaching out uh, in the next couple of days. I'm going to try and do like a Facebook chat thread similar to like our marathon weekend uh, chat thread. So that way we can all be connected to one another and, and showing encouragement and everything like that. Um, so we're really, really excited for that. Um, again, Tom and I still need to figure out the the uh, small buy-in amount um, that we're going to do, but we have decided that, again, the losing team will donate their money to the charity, so whether that will be Give Kids the World or the American Cancer Society, so we're really looking forward to that. So for those of you that reached out, thank you so much. It's been very overwhelming in such a positive way, and I can't wait to uh, – Get in that saddle and start pedaling on February 1st. All right. I've got it. Well, first of all, I wanted to know, did you get Aaron from Will Run For on your team? No, Greg? unfortunately, she did not change allegiances. Uh, you got to work on that. Great deal, uh, Greg. Good luck with that. And I'm impressed with it. I'm just impressed that we have 15 people that own Pelotons. That's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, it was, it was one of those pandemic purchases that a yeah, lot of people yeah, made. Yeah, it was so. for a lot of people. It sure was. So good luck with that. And I know you'll keep us posted week to week and go team rise and run. Thank, thank you all for participating. Yes. Thank you. You know, one of the neat things, there are a lot of neat things about doing this podcast. One of them is the great number of people we get to meet who we probably wouldn't get a chance to talk to otherwise. Now, you know that we've talked with the 2022 Disney marathon champion on several occasions. That was Brittany. Well, we've started a tradition because this week we get to talk with the 2023 marathon champion. So Allie, why don't you introduce us to our next guest? Today we have a special guest with us. We have Katie Cajulo, who is a pro triathlete. She's been a pro triathlete for six years. Um, and she has 19 Ironmans under her belt, 45 plus half Ironmans. She's been to the Kona Ironman World Championships twice, 
And we love her because she's our 2023 Walt Disney World Marathon champion. Katie, thank you for coming. We appreciate you being on our podcast. I am so excited. You have no idea. This is this is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to be here or to be with you guys. Thanks. Well, we appreciate you coming on. And so we have one question that we always ask all of our guests. Um, yours is going to be phrased a little differently because you are a triathlete as well. But how did you get started in running? And then how did you get started in triathlons? I was a swimmer all my life. Probably when I was 10, I was swimming on a winter team. I swam all through high school. I swam in college at Keene State. Allie, you'll probably be familiar mm-hmm. with Keene State College. D3. Sure. So it wasn't like super competitive, but it kept me fit and everything. Um, and it was like, I was more into the endurance um, distances. So the mile, um, the thousand, the 500. So I was doing like distance swimming. So I kind of got the endurance bug from that, I would say, at a young age. And then um, after college, I decided to move out to Utah and ski. I kind of want to just like go out there and, you know, see what it had to offer. You know, I like the mountains and stuff. And so I was really just going out there to ski. And I was kind of, while I was out there, I was kind of looking for a way to stay in shape that was like swimming because I missed the schedule um, of having something to do all the time. And so um, I always kind of liked running, but like I did a little bit of track in high school, but it wasn't anything much. And I used to run to like kind of stay in shape with swimming, but it was just like three miles here, three miles there. So I started um, running a bit out there and then I decided uh, to sign up for a half marathon. I was 28 years old. I think it was like in 2008, maybe around that time. So I signed up for a half marathon and I absolutely loved it. I like fell in love with running. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I like this better than swimming. Like I could do this all day. I was really hooked. Um, so I went and signed up for like another race, but it was sort of, they have a lot of trail races around where I was in Utah. So I signed up for like a shorter trail race and I really liked that. And I did pretty good at that. And then, um, I kind of got the trail bug. So I was really doing more trail racing out there with running, um, but training on the road a little bit, but really hitting the trail running hard. And I ended up um, starting out by doing like a couple like ultra, like my first marathon was actually a trail marathon. It's called Mid Mountain Marathon. And it ran through like Deer Valley, Canyons Resort and Park City. That was my first marathon. I loved that. And then I decided to do some like steeplechases that were like 16 miles. And then I did... I ended up doing a uh, 50K that I ended up winning. That was like the Lone Peak 50K. And then I did a really hard K called the, the um, Speed Goat. And that's up at Snowbird Mountain Resort. And that was like 12,000 feet of elevation gain. So I did that and I did pretty good at that. It took me like seven and a half hours. So I was like into the long distance running thing. And I was kind of going in that direction of trail running. More like I was thinking about like maybe doing a 50 miler um, thinking about maybe a hundred miler that was kind of like in the wheelhouse. And then I was really curious about that. And then I, I work at a restaurant. I I work at a restaurant here. I worked at a restaurant there and I was talking to, um, this couple that I waited on frequently that I did some trail racing with and he was doing Ironmans and he's like, you know, he found out that I was a swimmer and he knew what I was doing in trail running. So he's like, you know, if you like running long distances and you like to swim, you should do an Ironman. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try it. I'll just try it. Okay. So I actually signed up for a half Ironman and I didn't even know how to like clip into a bike. Oh, pedals. Couldn't even make a turn on a bike. Didn't own a road bike, nothing. 
And I'm like, well, you know, how hard could it be? It's like when you're 10 years old, you're just going to hop on the thing. It's going to be a 56 mile bike though, you know? And, um, so kind of blind went into it. I bought a bike in March. It was a road bike. I clipped on some aero bars and I, you know, started training for that. Um, and the race was in June. So from like March to June, I trained as hard as I could. And I did my first half Ironman in June and I did pretty good. I ended up placing sixth in my age and wow. then immediately signed up for another half Ironman in Boulder, Colorado. And I did that one and I placed like fifth and I ended up getting a spot to the world championships for the half Ironman. So wow, then I wow. went there and did that and got my butt kicked in Vegas. It was in Las Vegas. <laughs> and that was, that was in like 2011, that was in 2011. Got my butt kicked there, but then I was like hooked. And I was like, ever since then, I was doing like, I decided to do my first full Ironman 2012 in Arizona. And I was averaging, then I did like three halves and a full that year. And then after that, I was averaging like two fulls and like three or four halves a year since then. Yeah. Wow. I was going to say you had to, because if you, you know, if you were saying 2011-ish, this is 2023. So this is only about a decade later and you have 45 half Ironmans and yeah. 19 regular Ironmans under your belt. That's amazing. That's an amazing amount. <laughs> it was a lot of, yeah. And, but it was just, it was just what I love to do. It was like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do with my life. You know, forget every, forget ski, whatever. I'm going to do this and I'm going to work at night at a restaurant. And this is what I'm going to put all of my energy and focus on. And I'm going to try to go pro. It was like, immediately I was like, I want to try to be a professional. So I raced until I, I made it to Kona. I almost made it to Kona my first Ironman, but I wow. got a bike wow. penalty. And it was a four-minute penalty, and I, I lost out on Kona by two minutes. So wow. had I not got the bike penalty, I mean, I got a, a drafting. or no, it was a blocking call, um, oh. which was unfortunate. But then I ended up making it to Kona in my next Ironman, which was I had to wait till the next year. And so after my second Ironman, I made it to Kona. So I ended up going to Kona that year. And then, um, then I was in Kona 2013, 2014, plus I did a couple other Ironmans, plus all the halves. And I was in the half Ironman world championships and I placed sixth at Kona in my age, the second year that I went in 2014. And then I had already in that year, I did really well. I placed like first amateur overall in a couple half Ironmans. And then I placed second amateur overall at Whistler Ironman, which gained, which earned me my pro card. So, which I was going for. So that's what, when I decided to go pro is after I did Kona and then I went and started pro racing, which was so hard, but very good experience. And, you know, it's so impressive. It's really impressive. Katie, you, you, you scared me when you said you, you had never even clipped into a bike before. I remember the first time I clipped in, I couldn't unclip and I ended up breaking my arm. So. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not surprised. It was, you know, there was times where I couldn't unclip and I, one time I crashed into a car Panic City. I was like so not savvy on a bike and like I'd go in, the, you know, and just wouldn't unclip in time. And then I crashed into a car, not hard, boom, like, like an idiot. And one time I remember I fell down in the middle of an intersection with a bunch of my friends. Yeah. I was never like yep. a savvy, like natural cyclist. Like I had to work so hard on the bike to get to even be chasing the girls in the pro field. I mean, and always was cha- for, on behind on the bike. Always had like the small spikes, but, and, you know, um, but still just had the fire to just keep working at it. And, you know, 
keep seeing how far I could get with it. And just, you know, being able to race with the best was like a dream come true to me. It was almost like when that happened, I didn't know, I had no plan for when I actually made it to pro. I didn't really have like a game plan of like how I was going to race pro and like, you know, what I was going to do. So I kind of just, you know, it was kind of happening so fast, you know, but it's fun. It's fun. Well, I think this actually leads into a perfect segue of why we wanted to have you on. When we saw the headlines about you and your triumphant victory down Disney World, it was prefaced with winner breaks her back seven and a half months ago and now wins the Walt Disney World Marathon. Take us back in time seven and a half months ago and tell us the story of what unfortunately happened and how you rehab to where you are right now. So basically before I did that race, I was, I did Ironman Florida and I was kind of like, I'm done. Like I, I was just so tired. I was like, I, I didn't feel like I had a good race there. And I was just like in a really low point Ironman wise and like with my pro career and all this. And I'm like, I just wasn't having fun with it that much like anymore. And um, me and my fiance did that race together. He had a great race. He was, you know, but I just wasn't, I needed a break. I was like, I need a break from triathlon. My coach is like, but I really always loved running. That was my favorite of the three, even though I swam all my life. Running was my favorite of the three. And I um, I really wanted to just do some open marathons. Like, I just wanted to race running. So I was kind of heading into that direction anyway. But, um, and I was thinking, do I want to re-get my pro card? Like, do I want to keep racing pro? Um, I wasn't sure. And so my coach is like, well, why don't you do this half Ironman We'll do, we'll do a, a marathon in May. I trained really hard for a marathon in May, Vermont City Marathon. I ended up placing fourth there. I did okay, you know what I mean? And I was happy with that, but I was going to do another marathon and like try to go for a PR and, and do a little better. Um, but in between that, I was going to do a half Ironman just to see if I could g- gain my pro card again to race pro again for like three more years because you have to like reinstate it and everything. Um, and my pro card time was up. So I'm like, I'm going to do that. See how I do. If I get the pro card, I'll just race pro maybe, or just decide if I want to, because then you have the card and, um, and I'll still do the marathons and still go on with that, but I'll have the choice, you know? So my pro card was up. So I was going to that race to, to race, to get my pro card again, hopefully. And it was half Ironman in Quebec. I've done that race. I think I've done it four times before I've done the half there. I've done the full four times there. So I'm very familiar with this course. Um, I love it there. Um, it, it's a great race if anyone ever wants to do it. But um, so I went out there and I was in pretty good shape for it. I hadn't been training too much tri-wise. I was really focusing on running. But anyways, we went there. Um, my fiance was supposed to do it with me. He ended up not wanting to do it because he was just, he was done after another Ironman that he'd done. He'd done, um, he had done um, the world championships in, in St. George and he was just toast. He's like, I I just need a break. So he wasn't going to do the race with me, but he was going to be there to spectate. So we went out there um, going along, having a great race. It's 56 mile bike. We are on the last, like, you know, heading into the last like 16 miles of the race. But I was probably like, I don't know. I was, there's a part where you have to ascend and go up a climb. It's called Duplessis. It's almost like climbing a Canyon for eight miles. And then it's literally eight miles of free speed. You just come down the thing going like 50 miles an hour into T2 where you're going to run. And I've done this many times before having a great race. I'm going into that section of the course and I'm like, 
this is awesome. I'm having a great day out here. I'm feeling really good. I'm like back in Detroit now. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be there. I see Mike right at the bottom of the Canyon. I'm like, Hey babe, like what's up? He's like, you're doing amazing. I fly by him. There wasn't a lot of people around me at that point, which was weird. Not a lot of cyclists because for the whole day there's cyclists around you. And eerily enough, I'm like, I, I thought about that for a minute. I'm like, it's weird. There's like no one around me. I have this big gap with no one around me. It's weird. Like cyclists everywhere, but all of a sudden there was no one there. It was, it was just odd. And um, I think back and that kind of plays into it later, but so I'm climbing up this Canyon and, but as you're climbing up, there's descents within the climb. And some of these descents, you get going 25, 30 miles an hour and you're really pushing it because you're trying to use that momentum to get up that climb. Sure. So I'm really pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. And I'm coming down this one part of the, like the descent and I see a guy zooming down on the other side. The road is closed to traffic. There's no cars up there, no spectators, just you and the cyclists. They're coming 50, coming down the other side, pretty much. And I see a guy coming down and I see a deer go across the road. And he just oh, misses no. it. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. He missed it, whatever. You, you see stuff like that cycling. You Even if it's a squirrel, you don't want to hit that. Because right. that gets under your undercarriage, you're done. You're gonzo. Like, and a lot of times if you're descending and that happens, you know, it can get caught and you're you're done. You know, just even a small animal. So I see him going, I'm like, oh, phew, whatever. And I'm coming into that descent almost to where I'm on the, like at the bottom of the valley. And I see another deer on the right-hand side of the canyon. And I'm like, oh, 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 crap. I'm like, okay, well, maybe he won't come out to the road. Nope. Within a minute, he's out in the road and he's just standing there. Oh, and he's geez. not moving. And now I'm coming into him and I'm almost like a minute away from him. And my decisions are go off a ravine, into a ravine, like down, you know, bushes, yeah. down a mountain come into the oncoming, you know, 50 miles an hour that's coming down on the other side of that hill or hope that the deer gets out of the way. And so I just literally, right before I hit it, I was like, people hit these things in their cars and they're not okay. And that's like the last thing that I thought before I just smacked dead into him. I T-boned him. So he was facing this way and I just went just right into him, like directly like a brick wall. I could feel, I remember all of it. I could feel the fur and everything. I was almost like hugging him. And then he or she scampered off, like, like startled, like scampered off. And I could like feel the hooves. And then I got whipped around. As soon as the deer left the situation, I got like spun around. It felt like, cause it's all kind of disorientating, but I get spun around and flew up and back and landed like hard on my back and then hit my oh, head. Geez. Oh, jeez. And yeah. I... I, my first instinct was like fight or flight, like flight, like get off the road. So I crawled off the road. I was seeing double and I'm like, oh man. And I was in shock, you know, just absolute shock. Oh yeah. I'm shaking. I'm crying. I'm, you know, doing all the things and people are now, there's still like a gap. Like there's no one around yet. And then now people are starting to fly by me, you know, but I'm off the road and I'm crying like help, 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 you know, like asking for help. Like, but they didn't see only one person I think saw it happen because she reached out to me and told me she saw it was horrific, but a lot of other people didn't see it happen. So I could have just been on the side road with a minor crash. So they're buzzing by just going to get help, you know? And, um, one guy ended up stopping after like 10 minutes. It seemed like forever he stopped and he actually, you know, stood there with me and, you know, while I was like freaking out and then pulled my bike off the road, which I didn't even realize was in the center of the road, which could kill people because, once again, they're buzzing down this huge canyon. So he got that out of the road for me. He stayed with me and he said, he barely spoke, spoke English. He was French Canadian. He's like, I'm going to go get help. 
at the turnaround, is that okay? Like, are you okay for me leaving? I was like, that's fine. At that point, I had tried to sit down on the side of the road, but I was in so much pain, like my hip and my back were in so much pain. It felt better for me to actually stand up and pace. Hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I, but I was in shock, so I couldn't tell how bad I was hurt. And then the seeing double went away. So I was happy about that because I was really worried about my head. And I just didn't know if I was going to be okay. Like, I, I didn't, sure. I was in such shock. So finally, the, um, we have like an emergency vehicle that comes up there because you can't get cars up there. So they had some little like emergency vehicle and they came up and immediately were like, they're like, what happened? I'm like, I hit a deer head on and they just like went into like full blown action, like freaking out. They cut my kit off me. They're like, where is it hurt? I'm like, all my whole entire back. Cause I knew that took the brunt of everything because it wasn't like I slid like, you know, in a bike crash where you kind of had something. Right. Like, it was like, I landed with like blunt force, like directly on my back. I didn't even slide that much. It was just like, and then the head. So I, I was concerned about my back. It was the most pain I was having was there and they were concerned too, but I was standing and I was walking, which was like, okay, like that made me feel good. But I've also heard horror stories about people getting up in shock and walking around and having severe injuries, you know, right? like that. And they're walking around cause they're in shock. So I was a little mm-hmm. worried about that. Um, so then the medical personnel comes up, they're asking me a bunch of questions, I asked if I could call my fiance. I called him. I made sure that I was on the other line because I knew if he had seen their number, like a weird number, and he knew that the tracking system wasn't up, he was going to think the worst. So I wanted him to like hear my voice first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He knew she's all right. Boom. Off the bat. So that he wasn't hearing from someone else and then had to wait. So I said, you know, I said, I'm okay. And then I was freaking out and they took the phone and told him everything that happened. And then um, he met me down at the med tent and then it was like, they were in full, they, they took such good care of me in that med tent. Um, I couldn't have asked for better treatment from the Ironman crew and the nurses and doctors that they had there. They, they were so good. Um, but they gave me some morphine fentanyl. You know, they were, they were really like, they knew I was going to be in a lot of pain and whatever, but I was still feeling the pain in my back. Like, so I knew it was like, not going to be very good, a good situation. Um, and we were there for like a couple hours, but we really needed to go to the hospital to get an x-ray. So um, they eventually had an ambulance come and take me and my fiance to the hospital, which was like 45 minutes away. We couldn't get it. We couldn't use our car because it was stuck in the like areas of the race where they won't let you get in. So Beyonce had to ride out there with me in the ambulance and then get a ride back from some random person and then get the car and come all the way back and get, it was just, it was pretty much a nightmare. And um, then I was in the hospital there for seven hours and um, we didn't know, I knew like, I knew something was probably broken down there. I thought it may have been my hip or like my something connected to my hip because my hip was what was really hurting, but it was like my lower back hip. The doctor was really concerned that maybe I had like a compression fracture or a, you know, he was just concerned that I heard the spinal cord. So they just made me lay there for like seven hours. They wouldn't let me move or anything until I got the x-rays. And then they found out that I fractured the, just the two transverse process, the wings that come off of your spine, L4, L5, and they control all of the like muscles and tendons that are like around your hip, which makes sense, like your hip flexor and all. And then I broke like several fractured several ribs on the right side. So that's why I was feeling so much pain Yeah, in the back. <laughs> but but I, I honestly, I was like, I'm lucky because 
that could have been a lot worse. Like, it could have been. You hit a deer. I mean, I've heard a lot of yeah. stories. So I was like feeling very lucky, actually, in that moment. Katie, t- talk about your rehab a little bit. Well, yeah, that seem you seem to rehab pretty daggum quickly. I mean, you're out running again in three, four weeks. Yeah, I was running in about three and a half weeks. That probably wasn't the best idea. That was more me being me pushing it too much. And after that run that I did three and a half weeks in, my coach was like, yeah, I don't think that you should push that any further right now because she just looked at the video and was like, you look way too stiff. And like, it, it was just, it was causing pain. I mean, it wasn't, oh, it yeah. wasn't comfortable. It was painful. I'll admit it. The doctor though, when I went to the spinal specialist back here, the doctor in, in um, Quebec said, um, you know, six to eight weeks of absolutely no running. You may be able to spin on the bike, you know, you know, it's going, but you're going to be in a lot of pain, you know? So that's going to be the main thing. It's not, they, when they took the x-ray, it was a stable fracture, which is so lucky, you know? So you're looking at, you know, a way better situation than a lot of other people. And, and I know that, you know, that doesn't, that's not, doesn't go past me, but um, so I was very lucky. It was a stable fracture. So really you're just looking at a pain gauge um, rather than a, are you going to have nerve damage? Are you going to, you know, have all the surgery? You know, they, I was lucky I don't have to get surgery. So I went to a spinal specialist here and he said, same thing. It's going to be based off of your pain. You can't mess it up anymore. Like if you're walking around, if you're doing this, you can't mess it up, but your pain is going to be a limiter. Like, so when I heard that, I'm like, oh, if it's just pain, gotcha. yep. I'm in, like, I'm going to try to do whatever I can to get back out there. And so I started with spinning on the bike. That was painful, but I did it anyway. I started running three and a half weeks after, which was probably a bad idea. Cause that kind of, it kind of set me back a little bit, but like it just, it was just the pain factor, you know? And so I would say the first like month, it was really just about getting out of pain. Like I was like, like the, the walking wasn't painful. The running wasn't as painful as like sitting up, like standing up, sitting down, putting my shoes on, putting my pants on, laying down in bed, gotcha. rolling yeah. over. Yeah. Like I would get back spasms so bad. I'd be like, one night I was like, Mike, you're going to have to call the ambu- like an ambulance and have them come give me a muscle relaxer because I can't roll over. I can't sit up. I can't get out of bed. I can't roll over. I was just like stuck. And those kind of things, you know, were hard, but it was just the pain, getting out of pain for the first month. And then the next- How was, uh, how was swimming? Swimming, I couldn't swim for a while. Okay, okay. That was probably the last thing that was hmm, interesting because yeah. I couldn't like bend like and push off the uh, wall. I couldn't do a flip turn, and just that movement, it just was agonizing. That was just not. That was the last thing I integrated. Um, which normally with other injuries, swimming has been great. Yeah, yeah. Broken the, the, bones. I mean, broken ankles. Yeah, if you've the, ever the, tried the, to get out of a wet bathing suit, that's pretty hard. <laughs> I just yeah yeah. Things Good like point. that would be absolutely agonizing. Just things yeah. that you wouldn't think of. Like my um, fiance had to buy me like something to go on the toilet so I could sit down that was higher up because just sitting on the toilet was just agonizing, you know, like, but walking was okay. And actually, you know, biking was more painful than running because I would be sore and like I'd get back spasms after running, but it wasn't like the pain I would feel like sitting down, standing up or like trying to lay on the ground and do like a sit up, you know, that had to come way later those kind of things like core strength and all that stuff that you build back in. So I really did start with walking, running slow, 
you know, few and far between runs or, you know, and I could run slow and long at first, but we didn't integrate any speed or any like specifics till later, you know, that couldn't come till later, but I had a great recovery and people were kind of amazed at how quickly I, I bounced back, but a lot of injuries I've had, I've, I've bounced back pretty quick, but you know, I was just lucky, I think with the, the type of fractures, you know, that I had and, you know, the love of the sport. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I've learned doing this podcast now for a year and about a half is that if you want to win the Walt Disney World Marathon, you need to get injured by an animal. <laughs> so, I that's mean, so right, again, yeah. so folks, exactly. if you have if you have a goal in life, that's what you need to do in order to do this. But right. so let, let's, you know, hearing all that information about the injury and the rehab Absolutely phenomenal, and especially with how quickly you were able to bounce back. Let's transition now down to Disney World. Mm. Tell us about, did you have it like determined, was this going to be your first race back, or was this already in the cards? Tell us about how you got registered for the Walt Disney World Marathon 2023. So we, uh, me and my fiance and his daughter, it was going to be her first marathon, which was going to be really special for me and him because we've been doing these sports for so long and she's always been watching, you know, and like you guys are crazy, but then kind of got the bug, like maybe I want to try it. And Walt Disney World is a really special place for them. They've been going there since, you know, they were kids, like his kids were really young. They love it there. We went on a trip there the year be like a year and a half before. And I just had a blast. I hadn't been there since I was like six and nine years old, you know? So it was really exciting for me to go back there. And we decided, yeah, that'd be a great place to do the marathon. Um, and so we did sign up for that before I got in the accident, but then once the accident happened, I had to forego any other racing I was going to do, but I felt like January, like would be a time that I could just maybe make it back, like to be, to, to be in, good form. I didn't know, you know, you, you don't know really when you get an injury like that, you're not sure, but I thought I could do it, you know? And so having to forego those other races, which was kind of disappointing. Um, I was like, this is going to be something that I can focus on. It's going to be really fun because it's going to be Bella's first marathon. We can all train together, make this a family thing. And it took a little bit of the heat off of like having to be in super good shape or whatever. Yeah. But, um, as the, you know, as the months unfolded, it just started to be a little more apparent that I was getting in pretty good shape and that I was going to be all right, you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it unfolded. Um, so yeah, as the months kept ticking off, you know, I think it was like, I did a half marathon. This was going to be my race back after that accident. This was like my, like focus when I'm running, like, this is, you know, this is what I'm the fire, you know, this was the fire in me, like after that that terrible accident being at the lowest low, this was what was going to like lift that off my shoulders, you know, and, um, and, and bring me back to feeling like normal or, you know, whatever. What like, better place than Walt Disney world as well. I know. Oh my gosh. Right. And oh I my think gosh. That's, that's something that, um, the last year's winner also was saying too, is like, it, it was going to be fun. The pressure was kind of off and it was yep. something that they were looking forward to. Mm -hmm. And you won by over four minutes, which is very impressive. I remember seeing you out on the course um, when, you know, us back of the Packers come through, you guys are coming <laughs> the opposite direction, coming out of um, Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so we get to cheer for you, which is really cool. And I remember seeing you and I remember not seeing anyone else behind you for, uh, you know, quite a bit of time. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it was really impressive to see. So, oh, thank um, you. You know, you you killed it. You definitely slayed the whole thing. Oh, thank you so much. You know, when you train hard and you you know, you're just you're just out there trying to be the best you can on that day. You know, like whatever whatever version of you shows up. You know what I mean? It's like sure. you could have like the worst night's sleep the night before. You know, like and and you know, you still have to do the race, right? So mm-hmm. you got to show up with whatever that version is of you, you know, it's going to come out that day. And, you know, if you've done all the training and you, you know, show up on that start line, it's almost like the heat's off because this mm-hmm. is like the celebration of there everything. You go. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's, it's kind of like, it takes the heat off. It's like the icing on the cake of everything that you've put together in all those months you've been out there. And it's just a way to showcase what you've been working on. But also, like, the pressure's a little off, not not right before the gun goes off, but the pressure's a little off because it's like, I'm like, there's nothing more I can do. You know, whatever my body's going to do that day, it's going to kind of tell me it wants to do it, you know? And so I was feeling good. Um, you know, I was feeling good. I I, uh, I had a race plan as far as just, you know, time. I was, I was shooting for a bit of faster time, but once I, I kind of passed for first and figured out what position I was in and, and how far back the goal was and everything... I didn't want to chance anything because I was like, this would be great if I could take the win for, you know, being in such a low place for my fiance and his daughter who are out there busting their buns, you know, doing their first one. And like, I mean, her doing her first one, like how cool would it be, you know, if we came here and did this and this is her first one, like a special place for them and me now, I mean, and to do it there, it was just, it was unbelievable. Like the feeling just, and that's why I was so emotional, you know, because oh sure, it's just not thinking I was going to win either. Like going into it, no way. Mm-mm. So when did you realize during this whole race that you might have a shot to win this thing? You know, so at at first I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna be calm. Whatever. I've raced a lot of races. You know, I've done a lot of marathons. I mean, not a lot open ones, but I've done a lot of racing, and I know how things can unfold. And you have to be very patient. That's one thing I've learned in the sport. Patience is key. Even with injury, patience is key. Oh, I yes. Patience is key. Even the marathons, patience is key. And so going into the beginning of it, I was like, you know, I didn't really know what position I was in, but I knew I was kind of up front. But, you know, anyone can come from behind and take it, you know, or they could have started behind me. And, you know, you never know who's going to show up. I mean, you get some amazing athletes at these marathons. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm just – kind of, I saw the one girl ahead and that's the only girl I saw, but I'm like, there could be other ones up there. There could be some right behind me. I don't know. But, um, I noticed that after about the first couple of miles, she was kind of coming back to me a little bit, but I was like, okay, I'll just like, if I can pass her, like I'll slowly reel her in because it's not time to pass. If she's in first, which I didn't think she was, I wasn't sure if she was, I'm like, it's not really time to pass her yet. I kind of want to ease into that. Um, let's save it a little bit, you know, let's save the energy. Um, but once I reeled to in a bit and I was able to pass her, I think it was at mile nine or 10, maybe nine, maybe right before Magic Kingdom. I, I can't really yeah, remember. Yeah. I saw the lead cyclist and, and that's when I knew I'm like, oh, I think I am in first, but I still didn't believe it. I still was like in disbelief. I'm like, maybe they have two cyclists or, you know, I don't know. Maybe they do for top three or top five. I, I, or maybe this guy's just out here biking. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, it's like it's disbelief. You know, like maybe this guy's just like hanging around, you know, like cheering people <laughs> until I finally realized, okay, yeah, he was there as a lead cyclist. And so I was, 
I realized, okay, I'm in first. It's like mile 10. I don't know if I want to be in this position yet. Mm -hmm. I couldn't Mm -hmm. believe that I was in this position. I'm like, I got 60 more miles to go. You really, I'm thinking in your head, I'm like, Katie, you're not going the pace that you really want to. You're supposed to be going a little faster, but I'm like, do you want to try to win this thing? Or do you want to go that PR? I'm like, no, I'm going to, I want to try to win this. This would be great, but I really don't think that I'm going to be able to do that. You know? So I just kept going along at the pace I'm going. And I'm like, I'm just going to keep running at this pace, not push it too much. Stay in the, try to stay in this position. Um, scared. You know, you got a target on your back, you're running scared, you know? And I'm like, I got 16 miles to do this. I'm like, just let's just calm down. Um, be smart, fuel, make sure you're fueling right. Make sure that you're not over pushing it. Don't do any crazy surges, you know, don't do anything out of the box. Um, just keep it here. And then I heard the girl was three minutes back. And I was like, if that's the girl that I passed, that might be a good sign because if I surpassed her and then I'm three minutes ahead of her, I can stay right here and I yeah. feel comfortable at this pace. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just going to stay right here rather than push like, you know, and if a race comes up between me and some other girl, I'll just deal with it then. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, so the miles just kept ticking away and, here I am still, you know, I get some information like, oh, she's still that far back. And so I'm like, okay. And I don't hear anything about a third place, you know? So I'm like, I'm just going to keep, but I just wouldn't let myself believe that I was in first. I was just running my race. Like I was just trying to run a solid marathon. And that's kind of the headspace I was trying to stay in just remain calm because anytime I thought about it, I get so excited. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? Right. You know what I mean? It just made me want to just collapse right there. So uh-huh. I'm like, no, you got to remain calm. So, um, yeah, it wasn't until, I mean, I wouldn't let myself believe it until we came to that last aid station. And I think sh- when I was running through Epcot, I was starting to believe maybe I could do this. You know, maybe maybe I'm going to win this thing, which is, I still couldn't believe it. And I'm like, I came to the last aid station and that song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> and yes. I'm, like, oh my, I'm like thinking of the deer crash and, the, you know, and yes. everything. And, oh, went yeah. through and I'm just like, oh my gosh. And I wow. got chills. And then. The cyclist, he he stopped. He stopped. He's like, "Well, this is where I leave you." He's like, "Go get it. Like, go, go, go get your, you know, go get your first or whatever." And I just started crying. I'm like, "Thank you so much." You know, he was such a gem. You know, we were together for a while, so you know. Yeah, nice. We form a bond with this guy. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, and he was so great. He was so great the whole time. And uh, and um, he kind of kept me calm. I felt like because he was so calm about that. Like thing, he was just so calm about it, and um, he's like, "This is where I leave you," and I'm like, "Thank you so much, buddy." And I'm like, you know, like, uh, and I just went to go run down the street, and it was just like the most electric feeling on the planet. The crowd, everything, I couldn't believe it, and just everything I'd been through. You know, my fiance is out there with his daughter. It was just everything coming together. All the Ironmans I've done, you know, all the races I've trained for hard, and never had something this like exciting, really. So, yeah. We have a very different experience than you do in the front of the pack, in the back of the pack, because we have cyclists that are screaming at us. Ali, I was going to say the exact same thing. That's the question, right? You're out there. You're out there. You're toughing it out. You're out there. It's, you know, we're all out there for whatever reason. And it's like, it doesn't matter what pace you're running at all. You know, like my goal for winning isn't like, so I can be like, it's not really to be like, oh, I'm the fastest runner. It's like just a goal that I've set for myself and like I want to reach that for whatever reasons I have personally, you know? And so it's just as special. My goal was to ride Everest and that was really special for me this year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like it's, you know, and it's like when you do that and you don't think you can do it, it's just 
the most epic feeling, but it doesn't matter yeah. like what your pace is, what your place is. Like my, my, like, you know, in triathlon, me placing in the top 10 in the pro field was like a lot of the times the goal that I had, some mm-hmm. of the girls wanted to place first in, in Kona, you know, Ironman world championship as a pro, you know, yeah. but like my Everest would have been like, yeah, top five, top three, you know, like that was just my, that was my journey, you know? And it would have been just as special to me as them winning that biggest title in the world. Sure. I love that. That's really, that's really sweet too. And that's what I feel like you guys and everyone else out there should, should, you know, that's what, that's what it is. You know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. No. So outside of hearing this wonderful story about the family connection to this race, and then obviously that moment with the pacer and Epcot, any other notable highlights of the actual race itself, whether it's, you know, going through the parks or maybe an interaction that you had with somebody, any, any top highlights? Um, Magic Kingdom. I was crying coming through Magic Kingdom. The people <laughs> cheering. It's dark out. I'm like, the castle's lit up. I've never, and I've been in some crazy races, you know, Ironmans where you're running through crazy situations and, you know, you're coming to the end of a 140 mile race. This was so epic. It was like more epic than anything coming through magic kingdom in the dark with people screaming at that early time in the morning. Yeah. Like you're a rock star. You know, mm-hmm. if that doesn't make you feel like a rock star, whoever you are, I don't know what does. Cause that was just the best feeling. I was crying coming through there. And I, I did not expect it to be that emotional right there. That was a huge highlight. Um, Katie, they were, they were there three hours later. And they were still screaming. Were they still they were there? Still, yeah. They were, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a, it's the same feeling for everybody that goes yes. through there. It's just, it's unbelievable. I couldn't believe that. And, you know, I really, the aid stations, like the people at the aid stations, like, like you're the first female, just the people that would like give me that little boost, you know what I mean? Like, or just like little kids that are at aid stations handing out cups. Yeah. Gets me. That gets me going. I mean. You know, I, and so just the people cheering, you know, the electric crowd coming through the finish when, um, the, the announcer said 43 years young, another thing that got me going. Cause I'm not a spring chicken and I am 43 years old. And it's like, never did I think I'd be winning a race, you know, at that age. And, you know, that was epic. Um, but just the, the crowd, the spectators, the, the, ele- the, the, the characters, the music, I've never been in a marathon or a race with that much music either, which I love music. I'm a big music person. So, and I didn't do earphones, you know, so um, that was just, I love that. Love that. With all that went on with you before this whole race, uh, getting hit by the deer and all that other stuff, they give you bib number 13. Now, are you superstitious or are you one of those people that take 13 and say, yes, that's my lucky number. I'm going with it. You know what? I feel like every number that I get, I, I somehow convince myself that it's lucky. <laughs> like, and, and so, so this was like no different. It was like, you know, 13 is the lucky number. And I had people saying that on my Facebook page. So that did make me feel, that did make me feel a little better. But I've been other races, you know, like, oh, I'm number 10. That's such a great, you know, I try to convince myself it's a, a lucky number, you know, but yeah, 13, that was a, that was a great number to have. I almost didn't have that number because I wasn't in the elite corral. I was put in the A corral. And then um, when I got there, I was like, do you guys have an elite corral? And they said, we've seen elite bibs go through. So I actually asked if I could be in the elite corral because I had the time, the qualifying time. It's just something happened with the computer glitch and I didn't get put in it. So I, I was actually originally 
bib number 49 or 48. Oh, yeah, that one's not lucky. And then yeah. I got changed <laughs> to 13. So maybe that's a sign. That, that's it. See, if you were 49, <laughs> it might have been second. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know, you know? So, I mean, that's a sign right there, I think. So, Katie, in your Instagram, you recently shared something that I thought was really quite remarkable. And you said, um, no one is harder on me than me, but no one believes in me more than me. And I think that like resonates for a lot of us. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, that's kind of like my mantra. Like my like like I've never actually said that out loud until just recently. Um, but that is my mantra when like things are tough or you know things are going. You know, I'm in a long run and it's tough or whatever. But to me, that means it's you know. Of course, I'm my toughest critic. I'm wicked hard on myself. And and I feel like there's been a lot of races where I've just been like, I feel like I've, you know, just felt like I had more in me or, you know, like I'm always like trying to like, my my thought is always like, someone's always working harder than me. You know, you got to work harder. You're not going to you can't go out and win something without, you know, putting this time and you got to work harder. You got to push harder. You got to, you know, I'm always like so hard on myself. Um, But without that belief, I do have a deep seated belief in myself, like that just is always there. And it's just like, it, it, it's hard to explain. It's, it's, you know, um, I think without that belief in yourself, it's, you got nothing, you know, everyone has to have that deep belief in their self. And if you have that, like, there's no telling what you can do, honestly. Like I, I'm a biggest critic, but I know that like at the end of the day, like I know I can do these things. Like I can dream these things. And if I work hard enough, like I can, you know, I can make it happen. Um, But it is a deep seated belief that you have to have in yourself, you know, if, if you, if you want to push the limits and everything. So I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain that, but that's just, that's just how I feel. You know, that's, that's just my mantra. I, I don't, you know, I really love it because I feel like, you know, it, if you're just hard on yourself without that belief that you can do it, you're just beating yourself up. But exactly. if you believe you can do it, what you're doing is you're actually pushing yourself towards your dreams and helping yes. yourself get there. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Like there's so many times where I've like beat myself up. Like if a workout didn't go well, or I had a race that was terrible that I trained so hard for or whatever, but there was always still that little belief that got me back out there, no matter like how low there was still that little like fire in there going, no, you want to get back out there. Like, even, even though you had a rough day, even though you didn't get what you wanted out of it, like you can do this. Yeah. Sometimes it's smaller than other times, but (laughs) it's always there. I read a quote that you, uh, in one of the uh, interviews you did past this past weekend, well, marathon weekend uh, about don't giving up. Just don't give up. If you didn't have the race day that you wanted, there's always another race around the corner. And I know that is really something that you, everybody needs to understand. And can you kind of elaborate what you mean by that? Yeah, I've had, I've had so many races that I'd have, I've had way more races that didn't go the way that I'd hoped than I have gone. Well, I can like count on my hand how many have gone well, as opposed to how many I've, and I've done a lot of racing and um, you know, one thing that always got me back out there was that, there, there always is another race out there. You can always, you know, regroup, reset and get back out there. You know, there's always an, another training day, like tomorrow's a new day. You know, you can get up and like re- rejuvenate, you know, like get yourself back out there, set up some new goals, 
there's tons of races online you can sign up for, you know, the next day. And that always gave me hope was like, you know, looking forward rather than like dwelling on what I just did. I'm like, well, it's time to regroup and start moving forward. Even like shortly after a bad race I would have. And like, everybody needs to know that like, if you keep plugging away and you, you keep working at something like you will have your day, whatever your Everest is, whatever your big thing is, whatever goals you have, if you just keep plugging away, the journey is quite fun along the way too. And you learn a lot about yourself more on the journey than actual racing sometimes. And so, you know, like I said, the race is the icing on the cake, but there's always another race around the corner. Like you can, you can always shoot for something new, you know, and never sell yourself short. Good stuff. All right. Great. Race around the corner. What's your next race? You know, I'm going to do another marathon, I think. Yeah. Probably. I'm thinking maybe I might go back to Vermont City uh, Marathon. Um, I didn't. I almost signed up for Boston, but I decided not to because I don't know. I've never had like the big like want to do Boston so badly. I like, you know, sort of smaller races. But um, so maybe Vermont City or um, maybe Providence. Those, those are cool. So. When will we see? When will we see you at Disney World again? Oh, I may be back again next year. Okay. So the bug. We all see the you Disney again. bug. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I definitely have the Disney bug now for sure. Katie, it's been a pleasure talking to you. We know that you're, you know, such an amazing athlete and sharing your story with everyone. We really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on, honestly, and to be my first podcast. It was awesome. I had so much fun. Great fun talking with Katie. She she was terrific. I think next year, I can see this. Can you picture this, gang? Next year, the Disney World Marathon ends. The female winner breaks the tape. Carissa runs up to her with a microphone and says, Susan, you've just won the Walt Disney World Marathon. What are you going to do now? And the champion goes, I'm going to the Rise and Run podcast. I think that would be cool. We'll have to talk to Carissa and see if we can get her to do that. Hey, let's take a break for a second. And I'm a little out of sequence here, but John, did we get any new reviews this week? Yeah, we got it. We got one new review. Oh, that's cool. Lay it on us. Okay, Disney Runners Unite. Lindsay D. This podcast and its Facebook community literally got me through Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend and Training. I cannot say thank you enough for the value, support, and community. Must listen. Lindsay, thank you for that lovely review. We appreciate it. I've mentioned this on several occasions uh, to folks who say, hey, you got me through. Uh, The podcast got me through. Thank you. We are proud and happy that we were there and able to help somewhat. But the fact is, you got you through. You did this. You're the one who got out there in the road and did all the miles and put in all the hard work and you did it. So thank you very much. Friends, we love it. Uh, anytime you leave us a review, we really appreciate you taking the time and doing that. All right, friends. So our next guest this week is someone you may not have thought about using before when planning your Disney adventures. A lot of us know an awful lot about making reservations at Disney and what we can do and we proud to do it ourselves. But there's a whole bunch of folks out there, travel agents, whose profession is to make it easier for you. And they may be able to do some things for you that you hadn't thought of before. 
So let's talk to our next guest, Maggie from Magic Bound Travel. So hi, Maggie, and welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. Thank you so much for having me, Bob. Yeah, we're glad you're here. All right, let's talk TAs, Maggie, because that's why you're here. Now, I've been to Disney a lot of times. I usually handle all this myself. A lot of our listeners are the same way. Why should we use a TA? All right. So TA, travel agent. Um, So there are thousands of us, um, lots of agencies, everything from small agencies to large agencies. But really, the biggest benefit to using a travel agent um, in general for all of your vacation destinations and travel needs is that the travel industry really builds in that cost already. So when you book direct, you are paying for a travel agent, whether you know it or not. Um, But when you book direct with Disney, when you book direct through Marriott, um, you know, any of those suppliers, you're, you're just handing it right over. And every time you have an issue or a problem or a question, you're picking up the phone, you're going to talk to a different person, right? You're going to talk to a different cast member every single time. Um, But with a travel agent, again, we are commission-based. So we do not, most of us, now I will preface that there are some agencies that have taken a new model, especially after after um, pandemic um, and the, the boom of travel is that they are charging some planning fees. Um, our agency is one of those that has continued to stay um, really true to our model that we, we are complimentary to those that book through us. Our services are free um, and that's really as little or as much as people want. That can be Everything from a very detailed itinerary, having everything planned for them, um, really hand-holding them through the entire process. And then we have a lot of people who like the pros like you guys, and they they know what they want. They know what they love. They want to support a small business. They may you know have a job where they can't be online to do their advanced dining reservations, or they need some extra tips or tricks. Um, you know, we don't we don't take any control away from our clients, which I think is a myth too, that a lot of people think that when they've you know, signed on or booked through a travel agent, they really are kind of giving up all of the, the thing. No. And we, and really, I mean, we're having a conversation about run Disney is that's a whole nother beast. And so yeah. um, our agency has been doing selling run Disney, the old school way of the whole packages. Now um, people secure their bibs directly and then we help them with all of their other travel plans. And um, we really pride ourselves that our whole team, everyone that's booking these run Disney dates have also had lived. They've, they've been participants. Yeah. So they have the experience of what it's like to navigate everything from registration day, all the, yeah. Yeah. The navigating the expo, when do I need to make sure my flight arrives? I don't miss expo time. Um, and then all the stuff in between. So, yeah. So all the agents at magic bound travel who, who work with you for a run Disney package have run Disney before. Correct. Yeah, that's cool. So if you're an annual pass holder, you don't need a ticket and you book early on and those room rates come available. That's something that you can apply um, to the to the room at any time. How does that work? Correct. So really, um, again, we're going through, if it's somebody that's already booked with us, then we're going to go through each of those um, if they're within that time frame, and do a quick check um, to see if we could modify it and apply that promotion. Now with Run Disney, oftentimes those dates are either blacked out or there's very limited availability. And that makes sense because Disney knows. 
they can sell mm-hmm. all those rooms. Right. They're going to pack all of those. So why would they want to give a discount um, for those? But yeah, no, it does make sense. Sometimes, sometimes we do luck out and find those. Um, and then those are the best emails. Like the other week, yeah. all that stuff with the 25% room came out. Literally one of our agents, it was the sweetest thing. Like he all day kept texting me saying, oh my gosh, I just saved someone a thousand dollars. Oh my gosh. (laughs) By the end of the day, he had saved his, I don't remember how many rooms it was over the total of these rooms. He had saved like $4,000, which. Wow. And this is automatic. This is something you do automatically for them for free, which is just an awesome service. We're always scanning to see like, okay, this new promotion dropped. I mean, we are, we are all, we, we have our internal, we slack. Um, and so, you know, it's like 5.45 AM, everyone's up ready. Like, okay, <laughs> is the promo dropped? Are you able to get into the system? <laughs> oh, we're in orbit now. Um, and, you know, just excited about that, that we, we get to, we get to save people money. We get to yeah. shoot them an email or a text or a call. And most of the time they don't even realize that this dropped and, so we get to really surprise them with this joy. Yeah. And then it's like, but wait, you know, on the back end, we, we're, we're making less money. <laughs> we've just, we've just reduced our, our, you know, yeah, sale and our commission, yeah, right. but it pays off. Like to us, that's not, it would. that's not the issue. Yeah. Like we would much rather have that guest service of, wow, we've just really enhanced their experience. And we know and you have people come back to come back with us. They're going to share yes. experiences, their family, their friends, their coworkers. So yeah, it's, it's a great feeling on those promo days. It's very stressful because everybody's trying to be yeah. online. Um, but it's really rewarding at the end of the day. I'm, I'm a pretty simple customer, but that's where I get to be a pain in the butt because I go, all right, got the Disney visa card, got the Florida resident, got the retired military, check them all. <laughs> <laughs> and you do. That's good. I'm a DVC owner. Mm-hmm. What can you, can you do anything for us? Like, can you get us park tickets, uh, uh, hotel transportation and any stuff like that? Or is it yeah. like nothing? Yeah. So we, we cannot touch the reservation. So if you're going to be booking with your DVC points, that is something you still have to do, you know, in the DVC portal and book that. Um, but we are able to still book tickets, um, yeah, the, the tickets, if there's any, you know, VIP tours, if there's any additional um, experiences you want to add. You mentioned the transportation because, you know, since nobody's got Magical Express anymore, um, we have contracts with all of those Sunshine Flyers, Mirrors. We have a great, great guy, um, FSC Luxury Transportation, Fernando. It's a family owned business and he's our go to for private transfers um, for you know everything from small families to larger groups and um, we really love supporting their, their family business, but yeah, so we, we do all those extras. So just because someone is, that's a great myth buster is that, um, there are ways for us to still help DVC. There's still ways for us to help military and as mentioned before to annual pass. So, you know, when annual pass holder promotions for rooms are offered, we have access to those as well. So speaking of annual passes, can you magically bring those back for I me, please? <laughs> I am not, I, oh gosh, we had to renew and that hurts so bad. But I was like, I'm not letting this thing go because I let it go. I might never get it back. <laughs> I was going to say, keep it while you can. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully for us, we get to have it as a business right off. But <laughs> the kids annual passes, that really hurt. <laughs> oh yeah. So we have to purchase our bibs very early on. 
when is the sweet spot time to book for with a travel agent? Should you do that at the same time? Should you do it before? When's the best time? Great question. Um, the time is now, uh, but <laughs> it, it really, if, if you know that you are wanting to do, like if you have already started planning out your race schedule for the year, which, you know, that is the time right now. Um, we'll be doing a lot of stuff over the next week for it's going to be national plan for vacation day um, on the 31st. And so, you know, this is the time of year when not only are families and people trying to map out their pay time off and their leave, but also those of us that run, like we're looking ahead, right. To the whole year of what are the races? What do we want to do? Um, what time do we need to take off? And what we find is that on those registration days, not only is the rundisney.com system busting at the seams, but also the Disney booking system because all of a oh, sudden yeah. everybody it has this major mm -hmm. sense of urgency. And so if you know in advance that like, okay, I'm definitely in, if I can get a bib through a charity or online or whatever, or, you know, some people we even recommend, like if you get on and you don't get it, we all know keep waiting because those things will magically start, they'll start popping them back into the inventory at different times. So go ahead and, and reach out and let's go ahead and get the quote and even just do, so a package. Um, and again, a package is if it's, uh, you know, a minimum um, two night and a two day ticket. Um, so I'll just speak to that first. That just requires a $200 deposit and it's a refundable deposit. So, go ahead, lock it in. And then if you don't get a bib on main day, if you don't find one through a charity, if you don't end up finding one magically, you know, when they pop in new inventory and it gets closer to time and you're like, okay, I just, you know, I didn't get a bib. I can't, I can't go. If it's beyond 30 days, if we haven't gotten to that final payment at 30 days before travel, we can cancel, totally refund your money. Like you have not lost anything at all. Do you have a cancellation fee? Nope. So if there, um, if you cancel, so Disney's policy is um, that deposit, the $200 deposit, and then a final payment is due at 30 days before your check-in date. If you, if we cancel that before that time, even like up to day 29, then there's absolutely no cancellation fee. If a cancellation needs to happen within that 30 days, um, I will tell you the Disney policy is that there's supposed to be potentially a cancellation fee. I have been doing this for six years and we have never had a cancellation fee. So um, <laughs> usually, you know, the cast member that I talk to, the reasoning for why someone can't travel, like they, they typically will make an exception. Um, won't make mm -hmm. false promises and say always, because you, if I get that cast member, yeah. I'm up and call back and see who else I get. But um, I've <laughs> never, I've never had anyone get charged a cancellation fee. So there's really no reason for us not to book our rooms super early, even before the bibs start to come out. If we know, hey, I want to do wine and dine next year, I should just be emailing you. Yeah, because really, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the inventory is there right now. Um, that's one less thing to have to stress about on registration day. And I mean, we, yeah, we, we have a good size group for you know, I mean, we are able to book now all the way through wine and dine. And like I said earlier, we, I don't know, haven't checked our system to see if anyone has, um, but technically, you know, if somebody wanted to go ahead and lock in something for New Year's Eve or before, 
through Marathon Weekend, um, that's that's a possibility as well. Stuff besides Disney, you you take care of that also, right? We um, we do Universal. That's our other specialty area. So right now, and we Magic Bound Travel. Um, it's my husband and, and I as the owners, and then we grew slowly over time. So we are up to as of today. Um, we officially have like actively booking sixteen agents. Um, and we actually have a new cohort of six that are in the onboarding process. Um, and several of them have great, great, great run Disney experience. Um, so we really have found our niche in Disney and universal destinations, not to say that over the next year, that's something else we're trying to reevaluate is kind of what, what makes the most sense to expand to next. So probably Royal Caribbean. Um, cruise line is going to be our next because it kind of serves a different demographic of, of family travel, but is similar, but yeah, we, um, actually right before I got on the web, I booked an adventures by Disney, um, for a couple oh, that's nice. going to go to Costa Rica and oh, cool. I'm you the quote this, I haven't marketed or posted this yet. Um, I got to figure out some way to, to design something, but I quoted them a seven day Costa Rica with flights in and out of Charlotte compared to a deluxe resort seven nights day with six day park tickets and the Walt Disney world was more expensive. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, believe you. <laughs> I, I definitely believe you. I think the, um, the, yes. Adventures by Disney is definitely a premium product and expensive, but really when you, you know, compare it to the, the destination. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Disney cruise lines like that too. They're, they're kind of costly, but they're, Mighty darn good. So, in fact, you're working one for me now. I don't know if you oh, knew good. that or not. No, uh, I didn't know that. Disney Cruise, yeah. yeah you have April. a great travel agent with Magic Bound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I've only ever, I think, used a travel agent once in my life. It wasn't for Run Disney. But I did hear, and I don't think it was a rumor, but I do remember hearing from someone, they said that at one time, if you didn't get into the run Disney races through the website, that there was a set number of bibs handed out to travel agents. Is that true as of now, or was it true back then? I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, the rumor is true um, in the past, not the current. So um, we did um, in the old days, back in 2016, um, 17, 18, maybe even 19. I can't remember. 19. Yeah, yeah for several sure. Several years. I think it was right up until yeah. COVID. Um, it was. Yeah, we, we did. And we had, um, it was a contract system. So there was actually a department at Run Disney that we would contract with and we would purchase those bids in advance, uh, have a certain allocation. And what was really great about it is that we, we actually were able to pre-sell those. So that really helped people go ahead and get that taken care of. Like they, they could sit back and just watch the Yep. The show. It, it was Watch nice. The train wreck happened on registration day because they were already secured. Um, and then COVID happened. And then thankfully Run Disney came back. And what we've been told is that we haven't been told that that's a no, that it's not coming back, but we definitely haven't had anybody um, outreach yet. So right now, um, the only, I mean, I am very thankful though, the charity program has returned. So that was huge. I would much rather if they are going to have to pick and choose based on their capacity of staff um, after they brought everyone back from being furloughed, if, if they had to pick one or the other, I would say definitely because those charities were just 
devastated by not having that those fundraising options for several years. Um, so that for right now, for this current season, unless we hear something different in the next, you know, couple months, um, people do still have to book directly through rundisney.com or find a charity that has the, the bibs available. Um, and then we can help take care of all the, all the rest. That's so crazy that they, when they came back, that they just didn't bring it back for travel agents, because if it's been with you guys for so long, you would think that they, and it worked well, you would think that they would bring it back. That's so nuts. It, it did take a lot of manuals. So, you know, for Disney to have such a billion dollar IT system, we all know what kind of a, a mess it is <laughs> for something that you would think could operate a little Can bit be. smoothly. Um, but even that system, there was a lot of manual back and forth. It was Excel spreadsheet kind of stuff. So when all the cast members were furloughed, um, I think what I heard was that Run Disney office was like one of the last ones to come back from being furloughed. And then they jumped right into that season. And so they just didn't have the capacity. But now, you know, now we're, we're another season ahead. Yeah. And it still hasn't come back. But again, hopeful is that the first season back, they didn't have the charity program. They didn't have the travel agency program. This this current season, they did bring back the charity program. So, well, let let's hope because I did it a couple of times and it was sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and again, there was no uh, I, I didn't get any bargains per se, but there was no additional charge. Yeah. I paid the same thing I would have paid otherwise, and I had my bib, I had my room, and like you said, registration day came and went, and I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Actually, was, ours were a little nice. cheaper. Because really? um, we just had them at cost from Run Disney. We didn't have the service fee. So that. Oh, so that's nice. Six, that's, so oh, that. Six, yes. Six, yes. Six, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Even without the bibs, this is, it just seems like something I've never used a travel agent before, but it's a free service. You look for discounts for people and, you know, you can book your room way in advance before everybody registers and then freaks out and all of the rooms get snagged up and the prices go up. It just kind of seems like something I'm kicking myself for not using in the past. You can change. There's always another chance. Um, and, and we really do, you know, every, every agent on our team is a little bit different with how they personalize what they want to do for their guests. But we really do try to also um, advocate for folks checking in like, okay, did you get the bibs you want? Let me keep an eye out. I mean, I'm constantly you know, have that, um, the, the, the Twitter feed, you know, there's the, the thing where right. they send you the announcement. And so I yes. constantly will have a list of people that I know, like, didn't get, you know, maybe they got the 5k, but they didn't get the path. And like, if I see that pop up, you better believe I'm sending them a text message real quick, quick to say, hey, nice. Skip up, see if you can jump on it. Um, and then, you know, through, throughout, like meeting up with people kind of like you guys do is, you know, it's, it's nice for people to know like where they are too. Now, maybe their specific agent isn't going to that particular race, but there's plenty of us from our team that are. And so a lot of times we're, we're working while we're there of helping troubleshoot problems or um, taking something to somebody. So we really also try to, the extra level of customer service is that again, because we've all participated in run Disney events like we're also trying to make sure it's not just planning a regular, typical 
Disney vacation. It's like, it's a racecation. There's a whole nother level of preparedness that, you know, we all know we have to be ready for. Well, Allie, I was going to summarize, but I think, I don't think I could add anything to what you already did. So that's perfect. I think we'll let it go with that. It's something to think about, my friends. Uh, if you haven't done it before, a travel agent can offer an awful lot, even if you are a self-acclaimed Disney expert. It's still, uh, it still can be helpful. And Maggie, thanks for taking the time to tell us all about it. And we look forward to talking with you uh, in the future. Thanks again, Maggie. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciated having Maggie on to, you know, chat with us about, you know, really the benefits of using, you know, a travel agent. You know, I almost kind of equate it to, you know, there's so many misnomers about the balloon ladies. And I think there's a lot of misnomers about travel agents as well, too. You know, all like, oh, I'm going to have to pay or, you know, they'll only do this for me or, or whatever, you know. So it really goes to show no matter what your level of Disney expertise is, it's it's always really, really beneficial to have a travel agent. So I, I think having her as a resource was uh, really fantastic to hear from. Good point, Greg. I I kind of split the difference. I make some of my reservations on my own and I make some through a travel agent and they've always been very helpful. So good point. Hey, our friend Pam from Fluffy Fizzies is taking pre-orders for Princess Weekend. I think you know how that works by now, but we have some new listeners here, I'm sure. Uh, Pam has all her products. She's got them listed on fluffyfizzies.com. And if you order from her and use the code HAPPYRUNNING, you'll save 10% on your purchase. She has an option to pick up your order at the expo. And that's the easiest, fastest, and least expensive way to do it. And she'll have it ready for you there when you arrive. So take a look at that. Um, I also want to talk to you about Jeff Galloway's running weekend in Atlanta, the Jeff Galloway 13.1 Jeff Galloway weekend. It is March 18th and 19th, St. Patrick's Day weekend, and two running events, the 5K used to be called Barb's 5K. I think it's now the Shamrock 5K. I think they've renamed it in honor of St. Patrick's Day weekend. And then Jeff's uh, half marathon on Sunday. Do both of them. There's a challenge there, the double G challenge. Jeff will stay at the end of the half until the last person finishes for an opportunity to say hello and get photos. And hey, good news, rise and run listeners. We have a special code good for 10% off from Jeff's race weekend. From any of the activities on Jeff's race weekend, use the code RISE and RUN and get 10% off your bill. We appreciate uh, Jeff and the crew at Jeff Galloway for extending that to our listeners. It's a great weekend, guys. I really hope as many of you as possible can make it. We'll have some kind of meetup and some kind of activity there. We'll probably team up with our friends from the Extra Mile podcast and have one big group get together. But it'll be fun. It's a wonderful weekend. Should be a lovely time of year in Atlanta. I hope to see as many of you there as possible. Hey, another affiliate we deal with, Kauaian Pizza. Kauaian Pizza Apparel. Uh, we've got two running events coming up at Disney you may want costumes for. John, 
what's Kauaian Pizza Apparel doing for us? Well, we're a little late on the uh, standard order, so that was supposed to be January 16th. But if you want a rush order for Princess Weekend, their deadline is February 8th. So if you need a costume and you're not decided and you want one for Princess Weekend, uh, February 8th is their deadline, they're saying. So give them an order. And then, of course, you got time with them for Springtime Surprise, too. Yes. Yes, that's not a rush order yet on that. All right, John, thanks. Hey, friends, guess what time it is? It's time for the race report. Let's start with last Friday. Valerie was at the Kennedy Space Center for the Space Race 3K. It was her husband's first live race. You know what that means, right? PR. That's right. PR. PR in the 3K. Good for him. Uh, Valerie wasn't sure how to get her husband into racing, but she figured that if she could find an event that had rockets and beer after the race that he'd be in and it seemed to work. So that's good. Maybe, maybe Valerie's husband's into running now. Let's go to Saturday, Saturday, the park Avenue 5k in winter park, Florida. Our buddy Margaret was there. This was race four out of six in the track shack fanatic series. That's held in winter park. It was a foodie themed race with lots of yummy food booths in the finish area from some of the local upscale quick service restaurants. This was Margaret's first run post-dopey. Jared was there with his daughter. He was there last year, and then she joined her own run club at school. She's got the bug for 5Ks. She has so much She has so much fun doing them with Jared. Also loved the food samples afterward. If you saw the photos that Jared posted after the race, it was clearly obvious his daughter really enjoyed those Great pictures there, Jared. Thanks. And our buddy Michael was there also. Michael, you may know him as Run Disner. He did that one also. The Whiskey Tango Foxtrot Half Marathon in Gibsonville, North Carolina. Mark did that. It was Mark's first ever trail race. It was 32 degrees at the start of the race. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, catch this part. Mark said he made it to the second river crossing. Oof. That's the second run through a river at 32 degrees. No, thank you. No, and he got there three minutes after the cutoff. So his ends up being a Whiskey Tango Foxtrot 10-miler, not a 13-miler. He's still happy with it. I don't blame him. First trail race, he learned some stuff. He'll nail it next time. Great post-race food. Learned a lot overall, had a good day. Melissa did a local 5K. I think it was in Savannah. I was trying to read the bib off the picture. She did it with her friends. She's running the springtime surprise 10-miler and 10K, which she's going to do virtually on Sunday in Austin, Texas. Jennifer at the 3M Half Marathon made her return turn to the half marathon after a 10-year hiatus. That's cool. Congratulations, Jennifer. Welcome back. That is a race I want to put on my radar for next year. Yeah, really? Um, 
Really? I, I have been to Austin a couple of times for both business and pleasure. Mm-hmm. And it's on my short list of places that I would love to retire to. Yeah. Uh, because it's just a very eclectic scene down there. Yeah. The food is incredible. The barbecue. Oh, my God. It's just yeah. so, so good. So, yeah, I would. I definitely want to put that one on my radar. I'll have to reach out to um, our good friend Chris and I running in and make up to uh, get the intel on that one. Well, it's a very rapidly growing city, too. Yes. Then you'll be a Cowboy fan, Greg. <laughs> how dare you, John? <laughs> yeah. Just because our birds destroyed your giants, how dare all you right. say that? Calm okay, down, boys. Right. I digress. We're, Calm we're still down. The, we were still stuck Calm on down. the turnpike. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Let's get back. This is Jennifer's first race using Run, Walk, Run. Left her with enough gas in the tank to run her fastest split in the last mile. Now, she's not sure whether, whether to credit that to Run, Walk, Run or whether as a University of Oklahoma alum running through the University of Texas campus <laughs> didn't pick up her pace a little bit. Uh, we'll see Jennifer in February. She's running Princess. Our next running event is, to my knowledge, unique. I haven't seen this one before. It's called the Average Joe 5K, and I've asked Kristen to join us on the Race Report Spotlight to talk about it. So, hi, Kristen, and welcome to the very first Race Report Spotlight for 2023. How you doing? We're, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're excited to have you here. And I, I see you have your race partner, Mackenzie, with you. Hi, Mackenzie. Hi. We're glad you're here, too. We want to hear about, uh, I know you were in this race we want to hear about, and you were in another one. We'll talk about those in just a minute, okay? Um, I always like to ask people, because I love the different responses we get and the different backgrounds. Kristen, how did you get started in running? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Yeah, <laughs> um, yes. yeah. I started running because I bought a, a workout plan. Yeah. And a part of the workout plan was doing fasted cardio. So I would get okay. up and I would run. In uh-huh. the morning, okay, okay. I realized that I actually liked running more than I liked the actual workout part of the plan. <laughs> so I figured, I'm like, running is free or cheap. It's a cheap uh, thing, Relatively, which, yeah. Which turns out it's really not. So. No. <laughs> but run, yeah, that's how I got started. I started running in, I want to say, October 2021. Okay, recently. Just, okay. Yeah, recently. Didn't run much in school or anything like that? I was never the girl to run in school. We would do that weekly one mile kind of thing. And I walked and I gossiped the whole way. So no, (laughs) I'm not a runner. Well, you got Mackenzie started early. Oh yeah. She's won won the 50 mile dash at like field day the past two years. So, or like second place in it. So she's definitely the runner of the family. I heard what you said, but I think you mean the 50 meter dash. Yeah, fi- yeah, sorry. Yeah, 50 you mile dash. That's quite a dash. That's, that's yeah. not her. <laughs> 50 meter dash. Mackenzie, that's pretty cool. So so you're fast, huh? Mm-hmm. Good deal. Good deal. Um, now, you first got involved. You got Mackenzie involved with the run this fall, right? Yes, I did. What was that one? We did the Miami uh, Marlins fi- triple play 5K. Mm-hmm. And that was through the park and around about out onto the street. And then we came back through and the finish line was the, what's the home plate. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's neat. 
that was amazing. That's neat. I like events like that. I don't know that they have one in the Tampa area. They the sports teams have them, but they, they're not in the stadiums. They should if they don't. Yeah. They really should. It's a lot of fun. It brought out a lot of people. So there was one in St. Pete that used to run through the uh, Tropicana Field, but it, it doesn't anymore. It runs by it. Doesn't run through it. That's really cool. That sounds like fun. Mackenzie, did you have fun at that one? Yes. How did you do? Did you do well? Yes. Good for you. So it was exciting and you were hooked on running, huh? Yes. Okay. Well, good. I hope you stay hooked on running. We got to get mom to get you to a Disney run one of these times, but we'll, we'll discuss that. at the It's end. coming up next month. So oh, yep, boy. oh boy. Oh boy. Well, we'll get to that at the very end. Okay. Um, what I'd like to talk now about, and this is a neat thing. I have never seen this before. You did a run last weekend called the Average Joe 5K, right? Yes. Would you tell us about it, please? I only ran for for to eat the donuts. (laughs) You ran to eat the donuts. Oh, that's a great reason as far as I'm concerned. I like that. Uh, Kristen, tell us about this race. How did it work? This was was the first kind of race of this. This was the first race of this type that I've ever seen. We've done, you know... I found a lot of them on Instagram and that's how I found this one as well. It just popped up on my screen and I'm like, Oh, unlimited donuts. And then it also <laughs> said like unlimited beer, but then it turns out that's only in like certain markets, but uh-huh. I figured she'd be down for donuts. Dad would be down for beer and I'd yeah. get to run and we could do it together. Uh-huh. So I signed us up and she was just like, mom, I'm here to eat the donuts. That's uh-huh. it. Just give me the donuts. I just want, I want to, she goes, I want to fall into a sugar coma from eating all the donuts. She didn't care about the race at all. But I was like totally into the fact that you did not have to be first, second, or like third yeah. to win. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about that. It was very, that to me was the coolest part. We are a back of the pack family. We okay. start the back. We usually walk with a little bit of running spurts in between. Yeah, that's cool. So we hang out in the back and we walk, we talk, we giggle, we laugh, we dance, we uh-huh. you know, we do that kind of stuff. And this past Sunday, she was doing more running. Dad, who's running with a cracked rib oh. and like a bad knee and a bad ankle, he was doing a lot of running. Ooh. So, yeah, I'm like, what are you guys like? Yeah, what's, what's up with here? that? Yeah. yeah. And when we get to the finish line, we cross the finish line all together, all three of us. And this is the first race that I've also ever seen the screens where they have all of the finishers and, you know, how you guys do, how you do. And we saw her name was third. We figured, oh, there's a lot more kids in the race. So, yeah, she's gotten third, but we don't know. So when they start calling off the winners and announcing the winners, she's I gave her my phone and something else to hold. And she's like throwing it back at me. She's like, no, mom, they're going to call my name. I got to go. I got to go. But we don't know. And she's like, nope, I'm going. I'm going. And so they did call her name and they called her as the average Jane. She was third in her age third, group. Third out, of, third, third out of five, six. right? Yeah. Third, third out of six. six. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So because, she was right in there. Yeah. Because in this race, you didn't know when you crossed the finish line, no. what place you were in. Exactly. Because the middle finisher was the winner, right? Exactly. Yeah. They do they do give medals to obviously the first and second runners. Okay. The fastest too. But yeah. the overall winner, and who gets, <laughs> you get to claim the name of Average Joe or Jane for the whole year in your city. Oh, you that's it, awesome. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. I'd never seen one of these or even heard about one like this. If one comes to your city, I promise you, it's, oh. it's so much fun. 
I'm in. It's so much fun. Like when her dad, when they called his name, he's like, "Hold up, what?" We were uh, like, so he like, was the average Joe. Huh? Yeah. How, Kristen, how'd you do? I was like, my age group was pretty stacked. I think I did uh-huh. like eleven uh-huh. out of maybe fifteen or twenty. So it wasn't oh, so okay. Bad. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't so uh, bad. And she told like me that I needed fun. to do more training. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, I when I first heard of this, I could picture uh, I could picture people running real fast, getting to the end, and then stopping and counting and going, "All right, number one, number two, number, you know, oh, no. just trying to cheat." I don't think I don't know how you could cheat in it. Really. I got to tell you, the kid that ran, like the guy that ran and won overall, he ran an eighteen minute five k. Oh, yeah, so that's that's uh, that's pretty cool. We yeah. all knew like there were people that came to win, but we were mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, no, we're just gonna have fun, and we may win." And that just happened to be, so it was a lot of fun. It does. It sounds, it sounds great. And I'm glad you had a good time. That's neat. Um, what's next? What runs do you have coming up? I have the Miami tropical 5k, which is this Saturday. Okay. And that's before the Miami half and the Miami full, which is Sunday. I'm not doing any of those, but okay. next month, Miss McKenzie is running her first. What? Disney 5k. That a girl, the princess 5k. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Mackenzie, I'll, I will be looking for you there. I will be there too. Are you so excited? I, I'm excited. I, I, I know you're asking Mackenzie, but I answered anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to meet you guys. Like we listen to you guys all the time. So oh. I'm excited. Oh yeah. We love it. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's exciting. We're going to see you there. We're going to have a good time and we're not going to care how long we take to finish that 5k or anything like that. We're this one gonna... we are doing, we're doing all of the photo stops. We're doing yes. all the character stops, everything. So this yes. is going to be amazing. We're going to have fun. That sounds great. So Mackenzie, are we dressing up as a princess? Yes. You are. Okay. Can you, can you surprise us or is it a surprise or can you tell us now? I can tell you now. Okay. Who's it going to be? Elsa. Elsa. Ooh. Okay. Good choice. What about mom? Is mom dressing up? Yes. And what's mom going to be? Anna. Anna. I knew. I could have guessed that. That's good. So I know who to look for. And dad is going to be Olaf. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. We got to get a picture of that one. <laughs> yeah. That will be fun. That's perfect. So we know who to look for. We're really excited. Be, oh, yeah. It'll be great. It'll be great. All those runs are wonderful. We have a great time. And we just love seeing uh, our friends there. And now we'll be looking for you. Well, wonderful. We're excited. We'll be, we'll be looking forward to seeing you, Kristen and Mackenzie. Thank you for joining us on the Race Report Spotlight. Thanks for helping get 2023 kicked off for the Spotlight. And we look forward to seeing you in just a couple weeks. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having us. We look forward to, we can't wait to meet you all next month. That one sounds like fun. An average Joe run, the middle runner wins. I need to find that one. It's a, uh, it's a series of races. I need to find one to be part of it. Thanks, Kristen. Uh, continuing on in New York, New York, the Fred LeBeau Half Marathon. Doug ran that one. Hey, our friend Wendy from back in episode 58, Wendy the Hand Cyclist, won the Houston Marathon. She wasn't just the top female. She was the top finisher. She is That's awesome. Yeah, she's, she's impressive. She's prepping for that 900-mile race across the west this june that's right yeah she is good luck wendy uh we'll be we'll be following you and i really hope we get a chance to speak with you 
after that event is over. The Western Arkansas Ballet Tutu Run 5K. Joe did that one. No place, didn't, didn't know, they didn't award places in this one. Just a nice finisher's medal and a coffee mug. No mention or no photos of a tutu on this one for Joe. Not sure what happened there. So anyway, Joe finished that. And our buddy Nicole over on the Space Coast finished her virtual dopey. Congratulations, Nicole. I think the virtual dopey may be about as tough an event as there is out there. Run that whole thing by yourself. Congratulations. And with the end of the race report, we bring episode 69 to a close. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening, friends. And if you run, you know you are our friend. Hey, it's a Zoom Thursday. So if you're listening on the day of release, we'll be getting together on Zoom this week. I'm not sure if I'll be there or not. I've got to be in Orlando, but I probably, probably be able to get a chance to stop in. Hey, it's been fun. We hope you enjoyed it. Until we meet again, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.